Hey there, welcome back to Porsche Club Insider, episode number five. I'm with the crew here at Podcast Studio at 5 North Main. Want to shout out again, thank you to Coffee Bar Bel Air for the wonderful holiday drinks that we're enjoying today. The crew here today is the normal crew we have. Myself, your host, Vu Gwen, PCA's technical director, Manny Albin, Porsche Panorama editor, Rob Sass, and PCA's digital media coordinator, Damon Lowney. But we have an extra special guest today who's dressed very well for the moment. He's security. He's security? security. <laughs> no, he's my therapy dog, actually. He's, he's a wonderful-looking, very well-behaved. Ethan's a greyhound? Yeah, Ethan is a retired racing greyhound. And you hadn't gotten into the office yet this morning, but we watched his, his last race, which fully explains why he's here <laughs> in this festive sweater and not still a dog track. It was very much Virginia. like my club racing career. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm assuming he has, you know, parents that were champions of sorts. And it may right, have well, skipped, greatness skipped, skipped a generation. Skipped a generation. <laughs> you remember that episode of Simpsons? Uh, yeah. Uh, Santa's Little Helper where they... Uh, the, the Greyhound gets kicked out because of loss. Yeah. Right. They're this supposed to bet. A- Barney's like, put it all on whirlwind. <laughs> and they wind up betting on Santa's little helper because it's Christmas time. And, of course, the, the dog loses and, you know, the rest. He was, he was so slow. I'm sorry, Ethan. I'll cover your ears. He, he <laughs> I love so how you're slamming a dog. That he, he, uh, <laughs> he disappeared out of the shot of the screen. They he had like not seven dogs and you can't see Ethan anymore. <laughs> It was one race, guys. One race. But I guess it's pretty important when you're yeah, ready to do that. He was pretty representative dog. of the other two races, actually. <laughs> he figured out quickly that if you do something so bad, they'll never ask you to do it again. And thus, he belongs to Rob now. Yes. Smart dog. Very smart, smart dog. dog. And living yeah. a wonderful life. I love the, the flannel cover. I mean, it's... The life that he has now is probably much better than what he had. I'm sure it is. So, you know, if anybody's looking to adopt a dog at Christmas time, I highly recommend Greyhounds. Greyhounds. And you had a Greyhound before. I did. He's actually num- Greyhound number five. Oh, number five. Yeah, I'm a serial Greyhound adopter. Oh. So speaking of number five, this is our fifth episode. Uh, I want to thank the executive council. Well, wow, that was a nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. Um, this is our fifth episode, but today we can actually celebrate that the pilots of the Porsche Club Insider is actually going to go live next week. Thanks to the folks uh, on the executive council allowing us to do so, but also thank you to Damon, who's also here. And uh, we're up, we've uploaded some, uh, four of the episodes already. Uh, we've uploaded three. We'll be doing four uh, sometime this week. And yeah, December 20th uh, is when they'll be going live. And what platforms will they be on? Uh, they'll be on Apple uh, Podcasts, um, Amazon, and Spotify. And we can also find them on YouTube. Or you can listen to the MP3 on our website for the podcast. Okay, and we'll be able to track. This is going to be very important because this is still this is a pilot, so to speak. We're going to run this through... April, so we're going to need to know the metrics. So we'll be able to, no matter what platform people are going to be listening to, we'll be able to measure that. Uh, yes, um, but YouTube and some of our the, the podcast apps such as Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon are the ones we'd like you to listen to. I'm not quite sure if we can track how many times people have clicked the MP3 player on our website. Okay, we'll have to talk to Robert. Make yeah, sure I think we- he's going to. Uh, <laughs> so, 
We've only uploaded three of the four at this point. Uh, yeah, still looking for the fourth one right now. The fourth we'll one we're absolutely link. cursed. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the one that we didn't upload. Yeah, I thought this was the fourth episode. But, no, this uh, is know, the fifth. The fourth one. Uh, we lost an episode? No, we uh, haven't. No, we didn't want lose it. So um, hopefully you all uh, take a listen. Hopefully you enjoy it. Please give us some feedback. This will be a continually evolving conversation, hopefully for, for years to come. And, and um, so, yeah, so we're happy that uh, it's sort of uh, taking off today. Yeah, very exciting. Can't wait till uh, we get some feedback. So the last time we were together, I think it was just after Thanksgiving or after we got back from SoCal with all the different events, Unstock and, and such. And I haven't traveled much. Um, I had a had an overseas trip that was planned, but unfortunately with all the COVID spikes overseas, we decided to cancel that. Um, many honeydews have been taken care of over the past couple of days here. But uh, a few of you did some trips. Uh, Manny, you went to you went back to SoCal. Yeah, since you guys were all going to Germany and leaving me here, uh, <laughs> Rob threw me a scrap and said, uh, why don't you go on this uh, media trip for the Ky- or Taycan uh, GTS? Uh-huh. That was a pretty uh, nice scrap, man. Yes, yes. I, uh, I could get used to that. So more importantly is, we, we had talked about in the fourth episode, I believe, uh, how I got to drive Angeles Crest, but unfortunately it was in a Chevy Colorado. Yes. You got to do that drive in this Sport Turismo. Yeah, he finally lost his... That, uh, uh, it was uh, raining and cold. Doesn't matter. And foggy. Doesn't matter. You had a sports car. It sort of does, I found out. It does. Yeah. So who, who was there and uh, what, what was the purpose of that trip? A typical press trip? So a typical press trip, uh, like this one here, I'm not talking as an experienced person. Rob does this all the time. But they did it in three waves and they invite journalists... Uh, some are print. I, I guess the majority are, are video probably, right, Rob? Yeah. Um, and uh, it was seven cars. They had seven Taycan GTSs, uh, Sport Turismos, and they had some of the sedans. And uh, they were all German spec cars because they wanted them here as quick as possible so people could drive them. Uh, they weren't the U.S. cars. That's tell people oh. what that means. That means the infotainment doesn't work properly. Yeah, navigation the navigation doesn't. doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, um, some of the features uh, don't work, but more importantly, the manual owner's manual is all in German. <laughs> that comes on later in the story. Was there a translator in the right seat? No. Oh, you, they just send you out by yourself in the car. I mean, they show they do the quick two minute, uh, you know, touch this, this, and this to get this, this, and this, and and you're not paired up with any other journalist no, or anything like that by okay. yourself. And you're told we're going to meet at such and such place for lunch. Just be there by then, and uh, they they give you a um, map you can download. Um, being uh, CarPlay, you know, it's really easy. I just went right to CarPlay, hit in uh, Angeles Crest or, or Newcomb's Ranch. Yeah. And off I went. It was... Um, and once you're on that road, you're just heading in one direction and eventually you catch up to everybody. From where we were at in the hotel, it took about an hour oh, wow. to get there through traffic. But that was fine for me because I got to experience the car in traffic. And it was the first time for me driving an electric car. I have not managed to be able to uh, drive one. I've ridden shotgun in Teslas, but never in the Taycan. And uh, they were, they were kind of shocked at that. They couldn't believe it. I said, you know, I've driven 918s, Carrera GTs, 959s, but never a Taycan. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really excited because I'm very excited about uh, the electric uh, revolution. And uh, so a couple first impressions I had was, uh, obviously, when you turn it on, it's like turning on your laptop. Uh, everything lights up, but there's no sound. 
Right. It's, you know, it's obviously very quiet. It's yep. just the batteries are running. And um, so you're immediately looking for like the RPM counter and there's nothing there. Um, it's just silence. Um, and it was raining. So you just hear the wipers. Uh, but once you get on the road, you start to hear the uh, tire noise, the wind noise. So it's not total silence. Mm-hmm. So what I was finding was I wasn't really missing any kind of exhaust sound. Um, they do have this sound generator on this car, uh, which they had on the turbo also. And basically, it amplifies the sound of the motor. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're not listening to a fake pre-recorded exhaust sound. You're just hearing the motor, uh, which is usually insulated, and you may not hear it. Now you can hear it. Um, but honestly, it wasn't something that I uh, said, oh, this changes everything. This makes right. it better. It's not like it, it's not a performance indicator. <laughs> No, I didn't. Uh, I did. I didn't miss it. What do you think, Rob? Did you've driven Tycons? Yeah. No. I at the same time, or right before you were driving the GTS, I had the other end of the the Tycon spectrum. I had a, a rear wheel drive base car, and uh, I I thought it was wonderful. That's four hundred and something horsepower. Pretty much all you need. Uh, I liked it a lot. I've I've from the first time that 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 I drove a Tycon, which I think was. I don't know, probably about two years ago. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was a believer. They're great fun to drive. Yeah, I, I, I too have been able to drive a Taycan. Mine was a Taycan Turbo. It was sort of the King Kong of all the, the Taycans. And um, you sort of have to reset your mind a little bit when you get into these cars because right, right from the get-go, because I don't drive one every day, like just putting it into drive is, I don't, I won't say it's confusing, but you're just like, okay, am I really in drive? Am I really in park? Like, I still wasn't used to so, all of that. So that happened to me when I See? pulled over to take photos at, yeah. uh, and uh, one of the pull-offs on Angeles Crest. Um, you're used to hearing the engine exactly. Running. So I, I stopped for a second. I got my you know iPhone ready, and I opened the door to get out. And as soon as I get out, the car starts rolling forward. No There's way. that big button that says <laughs> P on it. Well, it's to the right. That yeah, it's to the right is like the brawn electric so shaver like, whoa, whoa, whoa. shifter. <laughs> And I uh, immediately look for the uh, big P to put it in park. But, yeah, I, it's very easy to, uh, because you don't hear an engine sound, right. forget that it's not running anymore. It's, or you don't uh, get, like, that little, you know, for for those in, like, typical automatics and stuff. Like, once you park and you let go of the brake, it, like, kind of locks in place. Yeah. Like you don't have any of that, right? No, so. So, so that only took one time for me to happen. Then I remembered every time to uh, put it in park. So the GTS was fi- uh, 590 horsepower, so that's a, quite so a rocket. Uh, so the way they have the uh, uh, motor configuration is uh, it's 670 for the turbo, uh, 590 for the um, GTS, but the torque is the same on both cars. Oh, wow. And quite frankly, it's more than enough horsepower. Oh, yeah. I would it's, think the uh, base model is more than enough for yeah, most of us. It's, um, I mean, just driving on the uh, LA freeways, just one stab at a throttle and you're where you want to be very quickly. So, Any, what did you like most about it? Um, that it was, a, uh, honestly, that it was a Porsche. It, it was no compromise. I felt, so I felt like I was driving a Panamera mm-hmm. as far as the response, the handling. It wasn't anything sacrificing. Yeah. Um, I think the dimensions, you know, Rob and I were talking about the Sport Turismo body, and it was almost like the Sport Turismo was actually perfect for the Taycan's dimensions. No. Uh, I love the Panamera, but this was just right. You know, this is the uh, the perfect size for it, and it was um, it wasn't anything that I was giving up. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, "Boy, you know, I'm really going to um, miss gas engines." Um, 
Yeah, it was. So in the first drive review that we posted on PCA.org, and thanks for writing that, um, you said that it does an upshift, but it also does rev match downshifts. And it was hard for me to believe because I'm like, how, how does an electric motor do that? Uh, I published it, you know, I uh, think, you know, Manny knows what he's talking about. He just drove it. And then I watched a video, uh, Steve Sutcliffe on uh, Auto Express on YouTube, and it downshifts and it rev matches. Mm-hmm. It sounds really good. Tell, tell us about. So I thought that was a pre-recorded uh, sound from the um, Panamera gas engine. Yeah. So when Calvin Kim and I were riding back uh, in his Taycan, I asked him that. I said, you know, is this a pre-recorded sound from a gas engine that I'm hearing? And he said, no, no, you're hearing the actual motor. It's just amplified. I said, but it downshifted. It, like, heel and toed. Because it's a two-speed. And so, yeah, for back in the first car, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah it goes, it, it, it's all the motor you're hearing. You're not hearing, or yeah. electrical motor, you're not hearing any uh, pre- fake sound. So that was, uh, yeah, I could. It's, it was very subtle. Um, I did ask him if you could increase the volume of the amplification because... Being by myself in a car, I would have liked to have it a little bit louder. Right. But he said, no, it is it is what it is, basically, at least right now. Yeah. Um, so it was just in the background. It wasn't... Um, I keep uh, I keep thinking back to my experience in the Taycan, and all I can remember is, like, it was quite serene, right? Like, you had massive speed, but it was comfortable, and it was fun to drive. You know, I, I com- people could say, oh, do you love electric versus gas? And I'm like, it's in my mind, it's not a versus. It's more about you know, will Porsche produce an electric car that um, still has all the characteristics that we love about Porsche, as you said earlier. And I drove, more recently, I drove a Tesla Model Y. My uncle got one of those. And, you know, it's 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 fast, but it wasn't fun to drive. Like, you know, the whole one pedal thing and, you know, tossing it around corners. Like, eh, it's just, it, it doesn't, doesn't have that fun factor that, that the Taycan had. I know it's two, two completely different pi- price points, but I guess that's the whole thing with Porsche. And there's other cars out there that are fast, right? Even in the internal combustion engine side, but they're not the same fun factor when it comes to performance. But yeah. I mean, any Tesla, I mean, even a Model S is that way. I mean, I've driven a few of those and they always strike me as a car that sort of, you know, handles like a Lexus built like a Buick, you know, a Buick of 15 years ago, actually. So, um, you know, I had a hard time getting terribly excited. I know there are obviously Tesla brand junkies out there, and, and you know, that's that's great. But I think the Taycan is certainly in build quality. Driving dynamics is in a completely different league from any Tesla. Locally here in the Chesapeake region, um, there is a local autocrosser with a Model 3 performance mm-hmm. who looks like he's having a lot of fun out there and, and beating well, yeah, almost yeah. everybody. And he does that autocross, And too. he knows how to autocross. Yeah. And yes, he does. And... Um, Mr. Cruz, I believe. And yep, we'll just leave it yep. at that. And he's got sticky tires on his car. But, you know, firsthand, like, you know, we're not... P- people expect that Porsche people might might slam Teslas or whatever for... I just for, did, for, sort of, didn't You I? sort of did. <laughs> yeah. But but there's truth to it. And I, I yeah. again, my, I'm, you know, I wouldn't slam unless I had real world examples. And then go back to my uncle's Model Y. He took delivery with nobody he just went and picked up this car and i think you have like three days or so to uh kind of look over the car and figure out what's wrong with it so he's like yeah take a look for me see if you find anything and i'm not kidding you i opened the driver's door and i looked at the b pillar and the panel for the b pillar literally was off its off its connectors or hinges or whatever and i'm like 
uncle, is this supposed to be the way? He's like, I don't know. So I looked at the other side, and of course, the other side's nicely fitted. So for a car to be able to be delivered to a customer, you know, that's not completely built, that's pretty crazy. I mean, again, but, I'm not trying to slam Tesla, but they've done amazing things, but panel fit, all that kind of stuff. Like for the amount of money that he has spent on that car, you would think that should not be the one of the things that Right, and, and that's, those aren't necessarily isolated things. I mean, those sort of assembly gaffes are things that you hear about, you know, from time to time with them. And, and they're a brand new company. Mm-hmm. They obviously had uh, some very aggressive production numbers to hit and, and, you know, those sorts of things happen. But, um, you know, they don't happen to Porsche. Yeah. And they need to hire uh, engineers from Toyota. Uh, <laughs> remember Porsche. I know that what Porsche yeah, did for yeah. Porsche. And yeah, and, uh, production qualities. Them with the uh, production quality. But yeah. I give I'll give them credit where credit's due. Like in terms of like their software and like connectivity. Again, my 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 uncle he loves you know being able to track the car and charging opportunities and all that kind of stuff is pretty cool there. But so two um, two things I didn't uh, I wasn't that impressed was uh, this race tech. I'm not loving it. I, hello, hello. Did we not talk about this in? Is that because you don't like Alcantara or um, is race tech? I, I prefer leather. There you go. Uh, but mm. it just, um, it, you know what it feels like? It feels like that blanket that they put on top of the sheets at a really cheap hotel. Like the, the you know, anti-stain? The, uh, red roof in. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> well, and, and what I wasn't impressed either with was the, so I picked up Tycon because I wanted to play with it, was the um, the, new, the roof. The, right. Uh, uh, I forgot what it's called now. But it's the... The um, darkening roof? Yeah, the darkening yeah. roof yeah. that has the nine panels. Is it impressive as they say it is? Uh, I did not think so. And I tried to record a video of it, like, oh, darkening, but yeah. it just didn't come out well. Yeah. Um, it's basically, like, th- three panels, and it's like an electronic version of pulling right. and the when you uh, cover. Apply uh, power to it, it darkens. Um, and yeah. so maybe because it was overcast, and I didn't really appreciate how much light it could keep out. But that, you know, I... I so the reason I had time to play with all this uh, transitions to my, my adventures. So, uh, like Rob said, this is the first time where I got to drive Angelus Crest instead of riding passenger. And uh, yeah, well, tell everybody what happened. You lose so, your Angelus Crest virginity. You yeah, so it's, interrupt it's raining. It's um, uh, forty-four degrees. We're on summer tires mm-hmm. in these German spec cars. And, and snow plows are out, but not for the reason why you think yeah, snow plows so are out. Yes, I see snow plows, so I'm thinking to myself, I guess it may be snowing at the top. And I'm watching as, you know, or I'm climbing elevation, temperature's going down, so I'm being cognizant, and it's wet, and I'm not really pushing the car. I'm trying to get a little bit sideways in corners, but it, the car's too smart. It's correcting itself. And I never saw it, but I must have hit a rock. I mean, mm. evidently, these rocks are very jagged. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I hit it, I hear this ping sound, which I didn't know what that was at the time. But then I see in my dashboard, it says, uh, you know, low, low tire air pressure, warning. check yeah. tire pressure. And, uh, first of all, you first go in denial that, uh, <laughs> well, maybe it's a bad sensor. And <laughs> yeah. then I'm watching as the air pressure starting to drop. So suddenly I feel like a pilot yeah. losing altitude and I got to find a place to land. So then uh, there's no shoulder. Yeah. So I'm, I'm running up ahead trying to find a uh, runoff area that I could pull off. So... I finally find a place I can pull off, and as I sit there, I just watch the thing like go down. But it doesn't go down to zero; it actually shows um, negative thirty. Oh, so that's how much weird. pressure you got to add. To. Oh, how much you need to add? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I say, let me just check because I know this car 
doesn't have a spare tire. Probably had like one or two pounds left in that tire or something. Yeah, and, most, but, and, and the thing about Angela's but at least pressure. it was a fluke, Manny. I mean, what are the odds of, of <laughs> exactly. anybody getting exactly. a flat from a sharp Especially rock? Especially with not going off road, and right? Not, not intentionally. It's hitting not a rock. like it's going to happen again exactly. or to anybody else. <laughs> so uh, I, I sit there for forty-five minutes, which gives me plenty of time to play with the electronics. And uh, and there's no one on the highway because it's rainy and nor foggy. is there cell signal. No cell like, signal. <laughs> cross. So now you're a sitting duck. So I'm thinking to myself, and I had passed Calvin, uh, and he was the sweeper. So I, I I saw him parked, and I said, I guess he's waiting for everybody to pass by. So he should be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting, waiting, you know, uh, playing solitaire on my phone, <laughs> checking every 15 minutes to see maybe I have a signal now, and. Uh, all of a sudden, in the other direction, these two Tycons pull in. And one of them's Patrick Long. Hmm. And the other one's Mike DePietro, who's yeah, uh, Mike. Uh-huh. the four doors. Yeah. And uh, they thought I was taking pictures. And I get out of my car, and I'm like, oh, I'm glad you guys stopped. I said, I have a flat tire. They're like, you have a flat tire, too? Two? Yeah, they were like, someone else has a flat tire, and Calvin Kim is down there with a flat tire. I'm like, oh, crap. I said, I saw him So park. three cars with flat tires already. So, well, yeah, this is so, two at uh, this point, right? Yeah. So, huh? This is two at this point, two Tycon GTSs. Yeah, so uh, um, they come out, and they're like, uh, you know where to hold that? I'm like, no. I said, it just it went down really quick, though. Mm. And so uh, here comes Michael to fix the flat. Because there's no spare tire. No spare tire. Yeah. Well, since they're German-spec cars, everything's in German. And so we're trying to read the instructions, <laughs> and you can imagine how the Germans overthink this. Uh-huh. And it is, like, impossible to look at the pictures and figure out exactly how you're supposed to use this. So uh, Mike goes, I've done this before. I I think you just got to put it in, take the valve stem out, you stick it in, and you squeeze the bottle, and we got it all in, and we're pretty happy. We're like, yeah, we just got to wait for it to seal. So we wait a few minutes, we plug it in, Patrick gets into the the, um, driver's seat. I guess I have to mention that Patrick Longs is a recently retired factory driver that we've known Patrick forever. He's a PCA member, and uh, (laughs) it's not moving at all. The really pressure staying the same it hasn't it's going out as fast as it's going in ba- basically so yeah. um patrick's like well let's roll the car around and i think if we roll it around we can get the, the uh, sealant stuff onto the hole uh, we roll it around and uh, and i'm gonna write an article about this it has photos and it shoots out a lot of white oh uh, this, white it gunk. all comes out yeah, yeah. Mike said that it was happy to see us. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we're looking at... So uh, much for our cheap yeah. <laughs> And I'm, th- I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, this is California. I bet you they are pissed that you know, we're dumping this into the environment, yeah. whatever this, this stuff is. And uh, so Patrick's like, you know, screw this. I, I've done this many a times in the racetrack. I've nursed home flats. He goes, I'll just drive it to the bottom of the hill. Which was about eight miles back oh, down. on a flat tire. Yeah, on the flat he tire. Drove basically mix. all the way to La Cañada to the end he, of it. Yes, that's flat. what his wow. plan was. That's impressive. Wow. And said so he knew there was roadside assistance because mm. Calvin said, "Why well, I had ordered uh, um, four, brought in four extra front tires." So they thought this may happen. Yeah. So Patrick handed me the car keys to his Ky- uh, Tycon GTS uh, sedan. He says, "I'm going to start driving yours down. Uh, I'll drive slow." So then I get in his, and Calvin says, I'll follow you. And I drive about uh, almost a mile down, and I see a pullout. So I pull out, and I tell Calvin, I said, hey, I'm just going to take some photos of this car while I have it. Mm -hmm. So I take a few pictures. I get back in, and I swear, no more than one minute after we get back in. Ping. Ping. (laughs) Ping. Oh, my. And I'm like, you have got to be freaking kidding me. (laughs) And, of course, the light lights up immediately on the dash, that low tire pressure, and I... 
still going to denial. And I'm looking to see how quickly I'm losing air. And I'm thinking six miles. Oh. I think I can make it downhill. And then finally I'm like, oh, I got well, to land around. this bird too. So I yeah. pull over and get out of the car, go to Calvin. He goes, what's up? And I'm like, flat tire. You won't believe this. Another flat tire. So in the span of how many miles, three flat tires. Yeah, it was. Uh, so he, and on the way down, so I he left um, one of the ladies who was helping him out so from Porsche. She was going to wait for um, the uh, support vehicle, which was working on the other Taycan, to come back down and change tires on this one. So Calvin and I uh, went down in his, so he was driving, and uh, he was telling me that these snow plows uh, aren't for snow. They use them when it snows, but yeah. today they're just meant to plow the rocks out of the way. Just being an that. East Coaster, that was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens here is, that, so this is Southern California. It doesn't rain very often. When it does rain, all these canyons, you know, with, with these rock faces start falling apart and just all these rocks just cover the road. Mm. Yeah, 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 basically. Wow. Uh, he was, um, Frank Weisman, who was uh, you know, the PR guy, he um, from Porsche, he had gone way up ahead to scout it out. Yeah. He was showing me photos that the entire road was covered in rocks. Really? Wow. Wow. But you on the way up, I kept on thinking, you know, I'm, I wonder how much this replacement roof costs. Oh, on this, on this oh it's model. nine layers of crystal <laughs> exactly. film segments. Yeah. And oh, I asked somebody man. from Porsche, and he's like, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, Again, I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? <laughs> wow. So we, uh, yeah, we got back down. So it was, a, it was an adventure. Uh, um, yeah. You don't want to be with 21-inch summer tires. With no cell phones. So perhaps the selection of the Chevy Colorado that we had earlier wasn't such a bad choice after all. No, that still sucked. <laughs> <laughs> of all the cars we could have taken the Angeles Crest, that was probably the worst one. So let me let me switch uh, and kind of wrap up talking about electric cars because I saw some spy shots of the E Macan yesterday, and I learned a little bit. I didn't. Maybe Damon, you you always read up on this stuff, but PPE. Do you know what PPE is? I do not off the top of my head. Premium platform electric. Oh, yep. Right? So to me, it's like the skateboard chassis for mini production vehicles that are going to be electric for VW and Porsche, which the Imacon will be based on. Um, 800 volts. It can start out as a rear-wheel drive, e-car, all-wheel drive, turbo mode, or whatever you want to call it. 300-plus mile range. That's going to be a... Pretty hot seller in my mind. It's a good, it's a good looking vehicle too. The spy yep. shots at least. Yep, yep. No, um, yeah. It'll be the the first electric mass production SUV that Porsche does is the Macan um, EV on the PPE platform. Um, you know, Porsche does this a lot with their their platforms and the VW group in general. So, uh, with the Taycan, for example, that's the JL, JL1 platform, I believe, and the Audi e-tron recently released is basically a Taycan with Audi badges. So. The Macan EV is probably going to be the same sort of thing with other VW products. Hmm. But they'll tune it, obviously. Yeah, they'll too. tune it. It'll be better, you know, to drive with Porsche, I'm sure, than a lot of the other brands within VW Group. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I think that's going to be an instant hit as soon as it comes out. Because yeah. we, we've all known it's coming. Uh, I think uh, people are excited about it because I know I get asked, when is it going to come out? Because I don't want to buy a gas one if I know the electric one. Is coming to follow. Well, the Macan right now is a great SUV, one of the best handling SUVs you can buy, if not the best handling one. Um, but then you you take an electric battery, stick it way down low in the chassis. It's it's not going to roll very much. It'll be quicker off the line and probably have um, just as high, high of a top speed. So I, I really don't see 
how they can get this wrong uh, when it comes from a handling there, perspective. There, you just blew it. You just blew it, Damon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they could get it wrong. <laughs> Porsche doesn't get things wrong too often, but from a, from a driving perspective, I think it's going to be a great great SUV. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the one I'm, to have. I'm excited about because I, I think also the price range of that car is going to be uh, within reach for many of our listeners as opposed to a Taycan, right? Taycan's a kind of higher upper echelon kind of a vehicle. So to have... You know, stunning performance in an SUV battery. That's 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 going to be a hit. Yeah, it's uh, obviously the revolution's happening. Um, it'll be a. Uh, I, I think everyone's waiting now for the two door sports car to come out. Yeah, to see it be it the Cayman or the Boxster. Uh, it's all but confirmed. Yeah, yeah. it's coming. It's uh, to me, it's going to be exciting. You know what uh, surprised me driving the Taycan was. I didn't get the feeling of the extra weight. Oh. I was really, I was really, uh, between that and the Panamera equivalent. Okay, maybe driving on the street. Well, you're not comparing it to a Boxster. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when I was fortunate enough to drive the Taycan, I was driving it on track. You definitely feel there's a lot of weight being slung around. On the street, probably not. But, but I, what they should do then is put you in a Panamera and a Taycan so you can see that it's not... That far Day off. And night difference. Yeah. Mm, comparison okay. test, maybe. Yeah. Comparison yeah. test, yeah. Well, somebody asked me because they knew I drove the, um, the Panamera GTS, you know, what I thought of the two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're very similar feel wise. Uh, you know, I love the, don't get me wrong, the V8, you can't beat, you know, that nice burble, the, the idle. Uh, it's just uh, incredible. Yeah. The but, one, one of the other things I'm looking forward to with an electric Porsche is. You know, let's be honest, there's a lot of things about a ICE engine that can go wrong just because there's many more parts to it from plastic hoses and Ugh. rubber hoses and sensors. And um, I'm not saying that the new one will be completely trouble free, but there's just less parts. Right. And less less heat and less cycles and all that kind of stuff that, you know, hopefully the the electric line of Porsches will be even, you know, even more. Um, reliable and maintenance will be even less. Well, they still do have radiators and water pumps, I believe. So they we do, might they still do. be blowing a, a coolant no, hose every I, once in a I, while. I don't think it's at that that level of, of heat. pressure and level yeah. of heat like of an internal combustion engine, right? And yeah. and so many, you know, yes, they have, I'm sure it has a huge wire harness too because everything is electric in that car. But compared to an ICE engine, that's way more complex. Like this is going to be kind of cool to have a oh, Porsche, a super reliable. Okay. We do have to give up the sound. I, mean, I will give up the sound if that means that I don't have to do oil changes. I don't have to worry about vacuum lines getting loose. I yeah. don't have to worry about coolant lines. Uh, all, all these things that uh, I'm telling you, in 20 years, uh, the next generation is going to look at uh, internal combustion engines and say, you actually trusted these things <laughs> to get you somewhere? You put a flammable liquid from the gas station into the tank of your car you rode around with it? <laughs> You know, my, my little BMW with uh, almost uh, 220,000 miles has some kind of oil leak. So every morning I get that nice whiff of burnt oil that uh, I just learned to live with because I don't want to go searching. That's for all called charisma. Charisma for your car. Yeah. That's what you, 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 tell you lose a little charisma. When you're with dating these your wife, cars. you tell her that. But after you get married, you're like, that's yeah, an oil leak I don't want to fix. <laughs> well, Rob, I think, took uh, Ethan out for a little tour. So we'll, we'll catch up with him in a bit on his press trip and kind of move into recent videos. Since we were last together, I think we released, uh, released the Unstock video. 
the 993 buyer's guide, and then we did a recut of the uh, 2021 values video. Uh, yes, we did. So we did a recut of the values video because it was very well received. And, uh, you know, but it's over, it's about an hour long. Because um, it's Tech Tactics Live. Yeah, I mean, it's it a Tech Tactics Live show, but we do an hour long show. And uh, with uh, um, some people we work with and consult with for our YouTube channel, they recommended that we maybe try something out to take all of the points of that live video where we saw a viewership spike and put it into a shorter 10 to 12 minute video, I think it is, um, for, for people who don't want to watch for the full hour but want to get to the meat of what was being talked about. So um, I like how he's nicely saying, for those that didn't want to hear you and Nathan banter, we just took the important stuff and made a new video out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am offended. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, it's, well, we it's got 25, 30,000 views for that, which is pretty good for Tech Tactics Live. Um, I think it's our second best Tech Tactics Live video. So and how, you guys how, liked it. How, how well is this recut doing? We're at... Uh, uh, it's about 2,000 views right now, over 2,000. Um, let's see what it is exactly here. So I'd be interested to yeah, hear from 2, you all if you think the long version, which is live, which, yes, it's not perfect. Do you like that yeah. or do you like the recut version where it's distilled? Yeah. Well, we have one person here, um, a username Overbuilt Limited, saying, good job on this edit PCA, cutting out the chatter. So maybe you were right, Boo. <laughs> one guy. One guy out of 20-some thousand. Very true. Of very the true. other, so, right? So so. I just saw last night that we put out, and I, and I wondered to myself, why can't we do this at the actual event? What's that? Uh, we did the awards video. Yeah. Oh, he did. Them. Damon did. Yeah. Yep. Well, why can't we do that at parade, just have it all over with and... What was that, 15 minutes? It was less than 15. I think it was about 10 to 12 minutes or we so. We're not going to go there because we might hurt some people's feelings. <laughs> so let's just say thank you, Damon, for putting together the awards video. You did a great job. Um, and for those of you that are of uh, in region leadership position, if you haven't submitted your region for some of these awards, please do so. Can yep, I leave it, I leave it at that? <laughs> yeah, but I guess you also want to address the fact that uh, our less... Tech Tactics Live, oh god, which was going swimmingly well, uh, so much so that I actually told Robert, I know I cursed myself when I said, this it is was, going so well, I think I'm going to light up a cigar. It was you. And, it was uh, you. Everything was going fine. We So when we do these remote uh, Tech Tactics Live episodes, or where the guest is going to be remote, uh, we do multiple tests of audio, lighting, we do a script. We do a yeah. script. Everything's, yeah. uh, it, it, although sometimes it may not look like it, everything is uh, reviewed ahead of time. And um, the only thing we forgot was <laughs> no. to tell uh, our host to <laughs> properly charge up his ear pods. Now, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Nathan, even when we went live, he was, you know, he said he is not a technical, you know, AV guy. And the people that were with him. Yeah, sliding not- those things into the little <laughs> container to charge. That's pretty um, techy. <laughs> so, so in the past when we've been remote, I'm usually at the other end. So there's somewhat of a control. Now, even at the LA Auto Show, we had issues because although we tested the um, the capacity of the, the, the Wi-Fi the night before, which was, you know, plenty you know, five minutes before we start, we get like, you know, dial up speeds. So things like that happen again, you know, we, we do our best to make sure that we plan, you know, for any kind of emergencies, but you know, with the 993 video, keep in mind for the first, what, three quarters of the video, it was actually fine, but we just got slammed for the last 10 minutes. And, 
you know, yes, okay, so Nathan's ear pods, you know, went out because he didn't have them fully charged. The people that he was with were trying to be helpful and they were retracting the extension cord, which you could hear more than you could hear Nathan. He had his buddy hold the camera and he was so involved in the discussion, like Manny, when I gave Manny the camera in the past, like he just, you could see the phone just sort of one drop. One time, one time. And <laughs> you could I see get the camera drop. In 10 that, years ago. And you see half of Nathan's face. All right, so folks, we tried our best. We'll definitely, um, you know, with that particular video, there's so much to cover when you're considering a 993. We knew we weren't going to capture everything in a one hour um, show, but, you know, that was supposed to be a, a teaser, sort of a preview, and we're working with Nathan to maybe do a more in-depth video like we did with the 3 two. Yeah, but if anything, uh, if you're interested in 993, it is a great video. In fact, you know, I even uh, learned as much as I know about 993s, you know, Nathan had the actual cutout. Oh, yeah. What happens when a doorstop goes bad. Yeah. You know, he had a uh, cutout from another car, and that was fascinating to me. I'd never seen up close what it looks like inside the door because you just can't see it unless you physically cut the door out yeah and the uh the hinge and everything so how well how well did that video do despite having quality uh, we're issues? over um eight thousand views so eight thousand four hundred just yeah. about right now not so bad so if you again the comments you would have thought well, they wanted your head uh, <laughs> i'm supposed and, to i'm supposed, supposed to, resign. to resign and uh apologize to the entire north american audience we're not perfect people we're not perfect <laughs> we will try but we're not perfect Mr. Sass is back. Um, we just took a little little uh, side trip to uh, talk about uh, PCA's YouTube channel. But um, you were on a press trip. Now, I don't even know what was the purpose of your press trip. You tell me these things and kind of passing by, and you ended up in kind of a cool situation. You want to tell us about that? Right. It was, it was at Willow Springs, and uh, PCNA had brought a selection of cars from the, the museum in, in Stuttgart over uh what just yeah i know well, look <laughs> i have you know it, it it smacked of one of those you know it's the near the end of the fourth quarter and we've got a bunch of marketing budget left and if what we don't use heck? it we might not get the same budget next year so it was kind of a use it or lose it sort of thing it was it was 50 years of, of visoc was the name of the program okay. and they brought uh there was an 89 930 cab mm-hmm. only year the five speed they brought a cab to the track yeah, well, it was. It's what they had in the museum, and it was. I bring a cab to the track because that's what I have. Right. I think they can bring other cars to a track. Well, they did bring other cars. In fact, they brought a nine nine six GT two. Oh, all right. Uh, they brought a wide body nine six four Carrera four. Mm. So that was fun, and a brand new Turbo S, mm-hmm. and a 2009 997.2 base career PDK. They wanted something that was representative of, of you know, an early PDK car. Hmm. So that was the assortment of cars um, that they brought to the streets at Willow Springs. It was very informal. It was a lot of fun. It was just basically, here are the cars, um, you know, choose one and go out and enjoy on the streets at Willow Springs. I so would have it to, was, I would guess the whole idea is, Vysock has just taking engineering to such a high level that when you climbed into any of those cars as engaging and analog as they were, when you climbed into that 992, you were Superman. Right. <laughs> exactly. When you climbed into the 992 Turbo S, you know, it's a car that, that you and I called the everyday supercar. Yeah. It is. It was fantastic. I mean, you could, uh, 
you know, it's the kind of car that you could drive with one hand, hold a conversation, you know, with, with somebody in the, the right seat and, you know, drive at like seven tenths. You know, so I think they should have a 930 at every press event, wherever there's some kind of Porsche that has a turbo in it. So when any journalist thinks of writing uh, that the car has turbo lag, <laughs> you don't put know. Them in this uh, honestly, and I say, mean, this is turbo. This lag. is the gold standard of turbo lag. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the, the streets has, you know, kind of that fairly short sort of uphill straight, and there's there's you know one final hairpin, I guess, and then then you're on the straight, and you mash the throttle, and it's in the sweet spot of boost by the time you're basically in the braking zone for this this straight so um you know it's 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 not a whole lot of fun on a track like that to be honest um uh it's fun on the streets though it's fun on the streets yeah. but I, honestly i i spent a lot of time in uh you know sort of that second generation of of 930 when they started bringing it back to the u.s i think 86 87 88 89 my dad had an 88 and I spent a lot of time in the car, and it, you know, back then, it was just a ferociously fast car. And now, you know, it's it's not even as quick as this this 997.2 base Carrera. It didn't feel as quick anyway as this 997.2 base Carrera PDK. So, you know, time has definitely marched on. Um, you know, it's on 16-inch, you know, wheels and tires. I don't know what the fronts are, but they're probably like, you know, 225, 50, 16s yep. or something like exactly. that. So, you know, everybody thinks of that car, you know, as, as you know, as a, you know, as a widow maker, you know, snap oversteer kind of car. It's a pretty good understeer, too. I, I mean, was about to say, grip, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it loses yeah. grip in front. Yeah. Um, so, 89 was the only year they made a five-speed. Yes, and I think that's why they brought this car. And, you know, it was, a, um, I guess, a version of the Getrag G50 uh, five-speed. And it, it was nice. Um, you know, th- the manual steering felt heavier than I remembered it and you know I thought you know I thought the steering wheel was was you know like 300 and you know like I don't know, like 400 millimeters or something it was actually you know the standard 370 millimeter wheel I and mean, but it just felt like a, a bus steering wheel <laughs> yeah it just felt you know unwieldy in comparison to the other cars honestly the sweet spot for me, the the 996 GT2 was was fantastic. I that's you know I, I owned a 996 twin turbo for a while. Um, nine, it's it's a vastly different car from that. Um, I really enjoyed that. But the the sweet spot, honestly, for just a really enjoyable car to to drive around the streets was was honestly the 964. I loved it. The C4. Yeah. And there weren't many of those made, right? A C4 wide body? That, that was interesting because everyone thinks it's like the turbo look, yeah, uh, like you have, right? Um, but it's uh, not. It doesn't have the tur- any of the turbo uh, underpinnings. So, oh, it doesn't? It's the wide body. But that's but it. That's it. It's, oh, uh, no turbo brakes, no turbo. I remember our Zone 2 rep had one, and he used to DE it when we were yeah. DEing. And our... it's heavier than the C2 because it's all-wheel drive. Yeah. And, you know, wider with the bigger. So what was it like driving the GT2? I mean, that's not many people get the opportunity of driving it. Giant one of those. It honestly, it wasn't. I mean, so, obviously, in deference to the fact that these are, you know, these are museum cars. You know, we weren't pushing the cars all that hard, but it, it, you know, it was much more benign than I thought it would be. It was everything that honestly I wanted and hoped my nine nine six twin turbo would be. Mm-hmm. Um, that car felt heavy. It felt more like a grand touring car than a than an edgy sports car. And and yeah. this car felt obviously more nimble it felt lighter it was 
quicker. It was louder. I mean, it was just everything that uh, you want a, a, a turbocharged 911 to be. I, I love the car. All the cars there that if I could have just headed for the gates, you know, then, you know, made off with, it would have been that car. It was yeah. speed yellow. Oh. You know, I mean, it was just fantastic to look at and just absolutely great to drive. Very cool. So speaking of 996s, um, I'll make the transition over to talk about upcoming events. And one of the upcoming events that you should plan for is Works Reunion Amelia Island. And this year's theme is? The 996. Look at that. (laughs) 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 I'm getting pretty good at this, right? (laughs) It is indeed, indeed. And um, so that is the beginning of March. Registration opens up today, December 15th. So make sure you register. You don't want to miss out on that. We've got some surprises. We've got a worldwide premiere that will happen at uh, Amelia. But oh, I, can't, I, want, I, can't, I want a fried I can't. egg t-shirt. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, we yeah, should, seriously, come on. We should make some sort of theme t-shirt. That would yeah, be absolutely. Cool. But before before works Amelia, we do have, I think we have to talk about uh, Daytona. You know, making sure people come up to the corral. For that, and we've got Tech Tactics East out of Eastern Pennsylvania. So you know, go to PCA.org and check out our calendar there. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you in 2022 at uh, multiple events. Yeah. But Dave, should, I mean, should we back up and talk about the 996 for a second? Uh, I you know, always just, love to talk yeah, about the 996. I figured that wouldn't be that hard. But, I mean, there's a reason we should talk about why it's, it's such a significant car. Um, and you're a current owner. I'm a multiple X nine nine six owner. Seller's remorse. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> that guy in Austin who keeps texting me photos of my my old uh, red car with the arrow kit. It's just killing me. I, I think he, he knows he's killing me too. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, the nine nine six. You know, I I bought mine uh, right when I started with PCA full time. Uh, we were driving a uh, BMW three series touring and. I convinced my wife that, you know, I probably should roll up to PCA in a proper, you know, Porsche. And, you know, at the time, the 87 was not going to be a good daily driver. So for the $30,000, this was 2005, around $30,000, you could get a 996 with warranty, or you could get a 993 with high miles and out of warranty. And I guess if you're looking at from an investment perspective, you know, perspective, I probably should have gotten a 993, but for usage, the 996 has been fantastic. I put 30,000 miles on that thing the first year I had it. Since then, I bought it with 50,000 miles, had it under warranty, put 30,000 miles on it. First year, right now it's about 95 or so. Besides changing the oil and putting gas in that car, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mess on that too, Okay. All right. Fine. You got all right. There. I did. Still, I did. I, so early on, well, when the you whole before you, yeah, 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 yeah. So everybody so. does that, but I mean, it's been a gas and oil car yeah. ever since, which is is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, that, when I bought my car in 05, the whole IMS thing had that was like just starting. It wasn't really a big thing yet. Well, you kind of glossed over <laughs> your 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 uh, self made suspension. Uh, that when when I drove it on ninety five, I, I thought it was uh, self driving because I would hold a steering wheel and it would change lanes by itself. Well, that that wasn't my fault necessarily. It was I changed springs <laughs> hey, without I changing. What I'm doing with I changed suspension. springs, but I didn't change struts and they didn't match and it rode terribly. 
But I did correct that by getting proper springs and proper shocks. And now it's an autocross monster. As and David, a factory arrow kit car too, right? Well, it yeah. was didn't come with. It has the factory oh, okay. arrow kit. It has the factory arrow kit, but it's a 99. So it was installed after the fact. But it's beautiful and we love it. Yes, we do. But you know what's funny is, uh, remember when the 996 came out, it was the end of the world because Porsche was going to water-cooled 911s and uh, why live anymore? Right. Because it stopped. They <laughs> lost sight. They were uh, you know, doomed because it was at the end of Porsche. And it's and not like that's ever happened in the Porsche yeah. world. Honestly, when I when we did the all-electric issue of, of Panorama and we got a lot of... We got a lot of negative yes. yeah. emails over that, uh, just not accepting you know, the, the, the Taycan or anything else. I went back to the, the archives, and I went back, and I looked at, at panoramas from 1964. And there are literally letters in them saying, this six-cylinder atrocity, this 901 thing or 911, whatever they're calling it, this is never going to be a true Porsche. So, you know, it, it's... We've we we enthusiasts before. can be so predictable. <laughs> yes. Well, now you go to a PCA event. And it's rare to see an air-cooled car. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, the 996 is considered vintage. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 some of the journal, younger journalists at the, at the media event, they were like, yeah, I grew up with the 996 uh, poster on my wall. And I'm thinking, they made 996 so posters? That, that happened to me Saturday afternoon. There was a toy drive. A local shop here did a toy drive. And the cars there are typically like later model exotics with big wheels, big tunes on them. And I rolled up in my little 996 and you could see everyone's head kind of turn. And you would think that I drove up in some sort of classic. And as I got out, like the, you know, the crowd just gathered around it. And to my surprise, they knew it was a 996. Like they were referring to it as, oh, check out that 996. Like one day. I'm like, dude, you have like a... S5 with like a hundred thousand dollar, you know, worth of mods or something like that. And you're looking at my lowly 996. He's it's like, yeah, perilously close to being, and this is going to be scary, perilously close to being a quarter of a century old at this point. I mean, the first ones Absolutely. were built, what, in like February, March of 1998? Mine, mine's an April 98 car. April 98 car. Okay. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be 24 years old in a couple of months. So, it is. I mean, to a large you know, cross-section of the population, it is a vintage car. And there are things about it that feel very analog and very vintage. And compared to, I mean, there was Skylines and, um, you know, uh, R8s. And it was amazing to see how little the 996 was compared to these these other cars. There was this young lady that drove a Tesla Plaid that was all wrapped up and mm -hmm. she had just gotten back from the track. Guess what quarter mile time she ran in a, in a Plaid? This is just a just an average citizen with her under flat. ten seconds nine sec nine two nine five. She she did like a ten two, ten wow. two, and she was able to stop before the end of the uh, ten the drag two strip. in a bone stock <laughs> car. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. It'll be exciting to see the uh, you know last year um, with all those nine twenty eights. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. was pretty cool. So yeah. So uh, what we're doing new for Amelia Island is you can actually register to park your nine nine six over on sort of the judged fairways without being judged. It's going to be a display only. So we're going to have a, let's call it a 996 specific corral. It's called a Manny class because I think I set the precedent. Oh, gosh, here for, he goes. Try, for, trying for to take credit for everything. your car in a car show, but not being judged. You get to park in the get to park in the best spot possible on the field. Exactly. You get to, you know, show you're not crammed into the corral. 
Uh, only thing is you got to beat her all day. You can't correct. Like, we have to commit to hours. staying all day, and so that uh, way we'll have a nice collection but of cars. I've been doing that since parade because you've always said that that's the you know you get the best parking spot, right? Yeah, just yeah. right on there. Do not judge, and everyone is staring at you because you're not sitting there cleaning your car and <laughs> Q-tipping it. You're walking around enjoying uh, the scenery. But uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, we're doing it this year, and it'll be fun to see uh, the 996s come out. Yeah, we're also going to visit the property. We are considering changing up where we're going to be displaying the judge cars. They have some other pretty nice fairways. We got to figure out sort of the egress and such about it. And if we're gonna, you know, change it up, make it make it make it fresh again. If you've never been to Amelia Allen, uh, I wouldn't call it the week yet. Yeah, um, but um, certainly it's a nice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, type event. Um, it's uh, the tip of Florida, so it's not going to be uh, super hot or in, in March, but it's certainly going to be a lot better than it is, uh, at least in the uh, mid-Atlantic Northeast, and uh, it's nowhere near as crowded as um, Monterey is during Car Week, and it's uh, Mark's reunion is free again. Uh, the uh, Amelia Island uh, Cars and Coffee is free. It's still free, isn't it, Damon? I believe so. I think it's just parking and getting there. You yeah, know, you got the re- pre your car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sell out pretty quickly. You got to re- register early for that. Uh, but just to uh, go over and watch, it's uh, no cost. Plus, you can walk on the outside of Amelia and look at all the auction cars. And yeah, there's uh, plenty to do. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great weekend. There there is a significant change for Amelia Island this year. Anybody recall what that change is? Dun, 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 I do dun. not. Who owns Besides Amelia? Change in ownership. Oh, yeah. Change in ownership that, of Amelia yes. Island, right? So it's owned by, now owned by? Haggerty. Now by Haggerty, yeah. Yes. They bought yet another <laughs> event. Uh, so uh, I had the pleasure of uh, sitting with McKeel at uh, the Peterson Gala, and you know, I just casually asked him about what things will change. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be very respectful to uh, most of the traditions, but if I know Haggerty and what they do, and the, like they're gonna, they're gonna inject some energy into that event, I would guess. But That's the question is, but the question is, what will they change? Because you know, change is tough for again, we you know, enthusiasts in general, not just PCA or Porsche enthusiasts, but we're quite predictable and we're very. Uh, yeah, you know we like the things the way they've been, yeah. and and, so. and let's face it, it was a pretty dialed in event. I mean, yeah. Bill Warner's very very deep connections in the motorsports world were kind of the key differentiator for yeah. Amelia Island. Yeah, you know, just being able to go there and uh, say, oh wow, there's Vic Elford, there's Derek Bell. You know, it was that kind of an event, and I imagine it will continue to be. But yeah, yeah. I like it a lot better than uh, Pebble Beach. It's uh, more accessible. Well, it's. Uh, it has more of the cars that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pebble Beach has some great pre-war cars. They don't do anything for me. No. I appreciate them, but it's not something I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see. When 90% uh, of the cars on the field, I didn't even know existed or brands. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like it's so hip, so rare that you really can't appreciate it. until maybe afterwards you read about it. And you're like, oh, I should have looked at that closer. But with Amelia Allen, they do yeah. a good uh, split of those pre-war war, war cars but then the cars, like, we grew up with the mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, yeah. 70s, 80 cars. I'm the same way. I mean, I, I just, I don't relate that well to pre-war cars. There were no posters of Voisons or Horks or, or stuff like that, you know? It's just yeah. Right over my right head. Right over my head. Yeah. And it's like, to <laughs> me, it, that could be some kind of whiskey you just Right, said. yeah. But, you know, those are like the cars that went at Pebble Beach. You yeah. know, I, I, 
I'm still waiting for a, a post-war car to, to win best in show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but for Daytona also, for people who are new to uh, the scene, we actually, we have like probably the best, what I call beachfront property mm. at the 24 hours of Daytona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're the sole, the only car club that has it against the fencing, uh, where you get to see the action. There's other car clubs, but they're like in the middle and you really don't see right. the action. Well, we've had this spot for my God, over 30 years, probably. Um, and uh, it uh, parks close to 200 Porsches. Yeah, I would imagine the tickets are probably already sold already out. Sold out. <laughs> they sell yeah. out within minutes to be able to park your car, and they're militant that it's only Porsches can park inside there. Absolutely, they don't care if you own a fleet of Porsches. If you don't bring a Porsche and you don't have the ticket, you can go inside. But even if you fly down or just drive down, and Damon's uh, Toyota, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can. Uh, you can uh, get a uh, parking spot in the infield or just right outside. And PCA has a great hospitality tent. Open to any PCA TV. member and or Porsche owner. They usually bring over uh, um, teams that are supported by the factory or racing Porsches. And they uh, give some talks. And they have door prizes and usually some snacks. And you can hang out with your fellow uh, Porsche Club people to watch the race. So it's a... Uh, Great experience if you've never gone to the 24 hours of Daytona. But don't think that it's going to be super warm uh, during that race. It's a hit or miss. Yeah. It's a hit or miss. At it nighttime, bring bring uh, warm clothes. Yeah. But go go back at night because uh, it is a 24-hour race. And watching... Uh, going into these, the pits. Yeah, these t- these teams working on the cars, you can get right up yeah. you know, to the garage. And uh, you're watching them scrambling, trying to get this car back together to race... It's uh, they have cars that have gotten a lot more reliable, so it isn't like in the '80s when I used to go, where um, you'd find half the field in a garage at midnight working on their cars. But still, it's uh, uh, the access you have compared to a NASCAR Formula One race is mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember my first, uh, you know, going to Daytona and just realizing how close you could get to everything. That's that's quite phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's almost here. So a not-so-smooth transition, but we're talking about phenomenal things. I want to congratulate Rob on the December issue of Panorama. Phenomenal. Oh, the the uh, the all-women's issue that was... Yeah, thanks. You no, like that? I mean, that was, that's something that we've had in the works for a while. I don't think we talked about this before. We wanted to not do something that felt like we were, you know, overtly doing something. We were pandering. We, we you know, just noticed in, in issues past that we've developed a really loyal base of female freelancers, photographers and writers. And, and, uh, you know, I thinking was, let's just, you know, uh, uh, you know, do an entire issue, uh, utilizing their talents. And that's what we did. We didn't brand it a women's issue or anything else, but you know, all the feature stories were about women written by women, uh, and photographed by women. And it was a lot of fun. The rebel rally piece, the photography was dramatic and fantastic. And it's a great story about these two women who basically were gotten together through the Rebel Rallies version of Match.com. They didn't know each other previously. And uh, they they campaigned a, a, um, a Cayenne Turbo S. Yeah. On, on What's great really is that um, uh, Rob allowed us to publish on PCA.org a web version of the in Rebel Rally. In front of rally. the login wall. In front of the login wall. wall. It's called Yes We Cayenne. And uh, if you don't get Panorama, or if you do and want to share something like that with your with, with your friends, maybe convince them to buy a Porsche, join the club, or test drive. 
uh, to join in on some of this fun, uh, share the Rebel Rally article, Yes We Cayenne, with them to give them a taste of, of what Panorama and PCA is all about. Yep. Yeah, but it's just, it's it's a really fun issue. There's a story about a uh, PCA member uh, who's, I think, an American Airlines flight attendant who tracked down her mom's 356B coupe. Um, oh, Pam. Yeah. From Chicago. Or, or she was the, a yeah. parade winner in the yeah, Encores, yeah. I believe, too. Yeah. So we uh, we got Lynn Woodward to write the story. It's the first time she's written for Panorama, but she's been in automotive journalism for years, just generally attached to a publication that didn't permit her to freelance. So um, she's uh, uh, she wrote the story. It was a fantastic piece. And uh, it was just uh, really an issue that, that we're all proud of. Amy uh, Skookstrom, our executive editor, wrote the editor's column this time around. And uh, so I didn't have to do that for once. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the one article or spread in there that was near and dear to my heart was uh, Margie Smith Haas. And uh, Manny, you probably know the most history about Margie. And you want to give folks a preview of what that uh, that piece is about. Yeah, she's an amazing woman who who set a lot of firsts. I got to know her because... um, I love to collect the Porsche pillows, and that's what, to me, she was famous for. TFA, Toys for Adults, not what you think it is. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know what happens when you Google that now, but uh, it was uh, these pillows that... Um, Porsche pillows? Were yeah. very accurate uh, for a pillow that mm-hmm. looked like a Porsche, and the story behind it was even more incredible. Uh, she was a member of San Diego region, mm-hmm. and she had made a few of these pillows, I think, for Parade, and um, uh, per, uh, per, Dr. Portia, the uh, fairy Portia, and his uh, wife saw them and uh, approached her and said, can you make us some for our grandchildren? And she agreed to, and, uh, she, and the family saw it, and then the family started making more requests for even more. So she started a business of making these TFA, and uh, fairy Portia actually hand-wrote her a note giving her permission to use the Portia name and images because she said later on she got a... Uh, somewhat nasty letter from the attorney saying, you know, you need to cease and desist because you don't have permission. And then she whipped out this handwritten note that said, uh, will this do? <laughs> oh, man, how awesome would that be to hand yeah. a lawyer? Uh, how about this letter? <laughs> so when I met her, I didn't know that, uh, quite honestly, I didn't know she was alive. I, yep. I, I just saw, I figured this was an old company, and uh, I was going to an event when I was uh, on the board, and I see the name Margie Smithas ahead of mine mm-hmm. as registered, and I thought, "Wow, that's the same name of the person who does the pillows." Yeah. And uh, my friend goes, "Oh yeah, she's here. Really yeah. attractive uh, older blonde lady." And so I had to go uh, go stalk her, find out. She's, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I introduced myself and said who I was, and uh, you know, we became fast friends because she saw how enthusiastic I was about her um, her toy pillows and. Uh, um, lo and behold, I think I told you about them, got yep. you interested. Absolutely, because in I remember seeing those. Damon wasn't around back then, but they used to have this catalog that came to our house. Beverly, Beverly Hills Motoring, Motoring Accessories. Accessories. Yeah. And the pillows were in, in there. there yeah. And she grew that. her business from you know creating Porsche ones. She did Mercedes, BMW, Nissans, race cars. And it, it became pretty lucrative, I think. And so, yeah, so, when it's, so Manny kind of you know, fueled the flame there for, for pillows. And, um, I started collecting a few of them. Uh, but more recently, you know, we stay in touch with her. She, she actually provides new original stock. Like some, yeah. yeah, NOS ones. Yeah. So she has, she has some still in her storage facility that she will pull out a couple dozen just for PCA and send it to our office. So for those of you 
that don't have one, you can check out um, you know, PCA.org or call our office. We still have new original stock oh, ones for sale. We should get sale. her to crank that up again and design like a, ve- a pillow vehicle <laughs> configurator. Well, here's the thing. What she's up That'd to now, so cool. what she's up to now makes me, you know, you know, just makes me happy to think. Um, she's She's been taking care of her husband for quite some time. And, and right now she's able to to spend more time on herself. And she went out. She had a, she had a nine fourteen. She had a turbo. She had all these cars that were sort of just being stored. And she she sold them. Yeah. And good for her. I, I think she got her start actually autocrossing a nine fourteen six. I believe that's led correct. To her being the first woman to win a major road racing championship. And let's and and here's how it comes full circle. So she just bought a nine eight six Boxster. And guess what she decided to do with it? Like the week after. She got it. Autocross it? She went to go autocross That's it. That's so cool. And so, you know, Kathy Thorpe, who was our um, autocross Auto chair, she, uh, now Kathy is an amazing driver. And I think we've talked about Kathy in our uh, autocross podcast. Um, like she'll just hop in a GT4 and just, even if it's not her car, she smoked the two owners <laughs> in, the, in the parade class that, that had GT4s. But anyway, she hops in the car with uh, Kathy and makes Kathy faster. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, she, we didn't notice, at least <laughs> I didn't notice, that she had a, this background with uh, racing, and she raced at Le Mans, and she had a whole career. Yep. Yeah. I just knew her as the pillow lady, and, uh, you know, so that made even more uh, an incredible story how, uh, you know, uh, really special she is, That uh, and I'm glad she's a PCA member. And, she uh, is. She's such so a sweetheart. And, and uh, so fun to talk to. Yeah, yeah. yeah she comes out to Works Reunion. Uh, she'll, she'll be at parades, and again, like I said, she's just so sweet and able to... You know, when she heard how much we love the pillows, she's like, you know, I'll pull some out and I'll make some for you. She's still making pillows for yeah, us. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, Laura Burstein did a wonderful job writing the story. She really captured um, uh, Margie really well. And uh, yeah, we're proud to have her in that issue. So what's up for January? January is the design issue, the ah, annual design issue. Design issue 2.0? Yes, design issue 2.0. Don't want to give too much away about it. Uh, last time around, it was kind of cars and architecture. This time around, there are a lot of other cool pieces of industrial design, whether it's airplanes, trains, boats, that sort of thing that that mesh well with the, the Porsches that we've chosen for the issue. So continuing to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, the great Michael Allen Ross, the photographer, shot all the stories for this one as well. So excited to have that mail in the next couple of weeks so damon what's coming up for videos uh so we have uh when we were in uh, california after the la auto show we we shot a new tech art uh, 911 turbo s based car which will be coming up in the next month or so uh well tomorrow or tonight actually we're going to be setting up a a couple sim racing rigs at the office oh yes and shooting a video on that and um just to give you an idea, one rig is, I think, worth $17,000, and the other rig that's, is... And that's the mid-range. That's the mid-range. Yep. The top range, the other rig we're setting up is worth, uh, or priced at $79,000. So we're actually going to be setting these up and doing a video let's, comparison. Let's repeat, let's repeat that price. How much was $79,000. So uh, I could have bought so lost three or license, four of my Caymans for that thing. That's what I thought. I said, if you've lost your license for a DWI... You get the simulator. It's about the same money. <laughs> well, here's yeah. the thing: it's like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited for this because I'm, I'm looking at this from the perspective, you know, we get press cars on occasion, and we're, you know, I'm treating this as the sim racing company is dropping off, so to speak, two amazing sim racing rigs. All we know is the, 
you know, $1,500, $2,000 sim racing rigs that we have at home. That's fun. I can't imagine what, how, how long is it going to stay at the office? I think just for a day, just oh. for a day. Yeah. I'm going to say because productivity is going to go right down the drain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's here. Yeah. At least for the people who aren't doing the video, but I'll, I'll be working for that. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> um, uh, we have a Carrera RS 2.7 video, uh, that will be uh, coming out with soon as well as a video on the 964 and the RS counterparts of the 964. So the 964 Carrera RS, the European model, the RS America, which is the American model, the U.S. model that came out here, and also the Carrera RS Club Sport, which is also European, but is basically a stripped-out race car that is road legal. Um, and if you live in a state like Maryland, you can import them now and drive them on the street uh, because it's past the 25-year rule. Um, so we have a lot of cool 964 uh, videos coming up uh, and also a dry ice blasting video. Um, I've talked about a deep sump video where I installed a two quart deep sump on my Cayman in past podcasts. A uh, little bit behind, but that that's also coming up as well. So we have he's a, a little slate. behind because he's been working on his Camry. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I got that running. It's a '98 Camry. So I guess we'll transition into winter projects a little bit. And uh, uh, basically, last winter, a brother-in-law was going to get rid of his 263,000-mile 98 Camry. Uh, the kicker is, is that it has a V6, and it also has a manual transmission. And it also, if you can imagine, you know, pink, uh, was it uh, um, uh, from Charlie Brown, the kid that always had like a dust cloud? Oh, Pigpen. Pigpen, right? This yeah. could be a... This um, would be a... It, it's a... Fill in for a abandoned car in Detroit. <laughs> it's basically yeah, it it's not be broken into. the only thing it doesn't have. It does not have the classic basketball sized Camry dent in the back bumper. <laughs> it does it's not. It's got like a totally pristine. Is it missing bumper. any clear coat? It, I don't yeah. think it is, but it might be. It's hard to tell under all the uh, the brine from Chicago, which he is hasn't washed it since he's had it. Why wash it? That's why you own the car. It's not prove it. The rust is what's keeping it together. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, it's rusty. Uh, when I, I, I did, I thought it just had to have the power steering rack replaced, um, and also the alternator was seized. Turned out I had to replace the brake calipers, the discs, the <laughs> brake parking brake cables. I went as far as valve cover gaskets, water original. <laughs> oh, man. But it runs great now. Okay, no, all right, all right. I don't want to ask so it sounds great. Yeah. What are you into the Camry for at this point? Oh man! So uh, I shipped it here for about eight hundred, nine hundred bucks, thinking that I would put maybe five hundred to a thousand. Was it free? Or did it was you? a free car, was a so free I shipped car. it here. Okay, My brother-in-law right. gave. They were going to salvage right. it, so I figured V six manual. It might be worth it. So I thought I'd be, you know, maybe fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks into it, you know, um, with a power steering rack and a an alternator. But I'm probably closer to like. Four thousand into it now. <laughs> which then is there's Vu's free car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's wrap it up. <laughs> We're at the top of the hour. Yeah. And um, you know, again, congratulations to all here, and thank you to the executive council for allowing us to do the pilot for the podcast through April. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know. If you have any comments. Um, please let us know as well, good or bad. Thank you for listening. If you're not a current PCA member and you own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Just go to PCA.org and join. And if you can't do that, you can always call our office. Just be sure to have your VIN handy. And for those of you that don't currently own a Porsche, 
We've got a program for you too. It's called Test Drive. So just again, go to www.pca.org and we'd love to have you on board. Fellas, anything else? If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel, like this video and uh, watch many of our other videos. And this will be the last podcast before the holiday. So happy holidays to all. Travel safe and be healthy.